Hey, what's up guys? Thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and uh, welcome to my channel. We talk about all kinds of things related to the Enneagram and personality, trying to better understand ourselves and be more compassionate with ourselves, more compassionate with the people around us. And today we're going to be talking about the self-mastery levels for type one. We're going to be looking at uh, the book, uh, Bringing Out the Best in Everyone You Coach Using the Enneagram System. This is by Ginger Lapid Bogda, PhD. Great book. Uh, before we get started, I just wanted to uh, um, um, point you down to the description below to my website, tomlahue.com. And I do offer coaching appointments for people, uh, helping them understand more about their Enneagram type and what it looks like to, uh, to move toward health and uh, what steps to take to move toward health uh, in, uh, uh, in their journey, in their relationships. And uh, you can schedule appointments there um, on that website. And also, thank you to my Patreon supporters. The link is there in the description. I really appreciate your continued support and help for this channel. And uh, I got something special to share with you today. One of my subscribers um, uh, sent me some products, and these are free. Of, he didn't say he didn't charge me anything for these. Uh, he just wanted to bless me and my family, and um, he didn't ask for me to to uh, to 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 show these on the on the on the channel. But I wanted to because I think they're really great products, and I really appreciate um, Mark's generosity. He's the owner of Trayvax. Uh, here's the uh, company. Um, logo right there and I'll put the description or I'll put the link to his website in uh, in my description below on this video. Trayvax is a company that makes all kinds of uh, a gear for um, uh, like wallets, um, knives, uh, all kinds of uh, things that you could use for everyday carry and um, um, and all this stuff is very unique you know this is my wallet you know Walmart special, right? 12 bucks, Walmart. But Mark has got some awesome stuff um, on his website and he sent me some of these. So here's, here's an example of a wallet. This is the kind of wallet that uh, Trayvax makes. Look at this, isn't this cool? You pull this up here and then you get your driver's license or your credit card right there. Durable stuff, um, everything's made in the USA. Let me show you, here's another example of a wallet that, um, that he sent me. Um, Again, all your cards and stuff, your information would go inside the the um, the wallet here, and everything seals up in leather, and you can put your cash on the outside. Minimalistic, but really cool. This one's probably the coolest one. That doesn't even look like a wallet. I showed this to people in my office. I said, hey, what is this? And they were like, a camera? Um, and uh, nobody got wallet, you know, from it. But that's what it is. Um, so... He's got all kinds of uh, products there on his website. And uh, like I said, he didn't ask me to, to feature these. I just thought it was really cool of him to send me this stuff. And um, he just wanted to bless me and my family. And I thought, well, I'm gonna share his information out with you guys, uh, cool stuff. So uh, if you're looking for something for Christmas to get somebody you love, um, something that's unique, something that is high quality made, um, I would point you to, uh, to Trayvax, good products. All right, let's talk about Chapter one, um, the uh, the uh, the ones, um, not chapter one, but but type ones. We're going to talk about uh, type ones, self mastery, and uh, let's start with what what uh, Bogda calls the uh, the low self mastery. 
the low self-mastery of type one, she calls the judge. All right, the mid-level she calls the teacher and the highest level, the serene acceptor. So at the lowest level, type ones can be very judgmental. That's the overtone. That's the idea is that type ones can be very judgmental, can be harsh and critical with themselves and with others, and uh, can um, uh, type uh, ones can can uh, be highly critical and uh, harsh even. Um, and uh, at the mid level, teachers they know a lot and they. You would benefit from listening to me. You would benefit from my wisdom. And the highest level, the serene acceptor. So let's let's unpack what she's saying here a little bit and, and talk about it. So at the lowest level, she says, the judge, um, their fear is of being bad, malevolent, or having something deeply or intrinsically wrong with them. Now, to me, that already begins to sound like type four, right? So one goes to four in unhealth. One, um, you know, fours tend to differentiate themselves away from, from others. Uh, they want to know what's unique and different and special about themselves. And they, they feel like they don't necessarily always belong. And they're trying to figure out reasons why that is. And so the old adage is kind of like Eeyore looking for his tail. They know something's missing, something's wrong, and something's different about them, and they're trying to understand it. And fours sometimes can get stuck. You know, um, in fact, the lowest level she'll call fours is the you know the defective one or the deficient one. And fours can feel a little bit like that, like you know, unique, special, different, but also in a dark way, like defective and broken. So you can already start to hear like the the you know, the, the sounds of one going to four here, uh, of being bad, malevolent, having something deeply intrinsically wrong with them, like there's something wrong with me. And I think ones, you know, go to four when everybody else, you know, gets to be um, playful and fun-loving and cheerful and everybody else gets to have fun and have a good time, but the one has this deep sense of responsibility that has to stay behind and make sure everything is cleaned up and taken care of and sorted and organized and and you know you guys go ahead the group goes ahead and the one stays behind and and you know finishes up the task that others won't do and in that way you can see one kind of going to four uh, feeling like an outcast feeling like they don't belong feeling like they're misunderstood everybody's ang everybody thinks I'm angry and everybody's angry with me for just wanting things done right Ones and fours both have an eye that goes toward what's wrong or what's not correct. Ones, you know, in the sense of like this, uh, something is out of place. Something doesn't, you know, uh, isn't folded right, isn't put away correctly. Um, somebody's behavior is incorrect. Fours, it's more like uh, something is, is defective in this relationship. Something isn't right in this environment. Something could be better um, in this in this uh, environment or in this relationship, so both have an eye to go towards what's 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 incorrect or what's wrong. Um, so let's keep reading what she says about the lowest level, the judge, the lowest level of type one. Ones can uh, ones with a low self mastery can be intolerant, tightly wound, inflexible, volatile, unstable, and punishing judgmental and unforgiving they can become the prosecutor judge and jury all rolled into one and these reactions can be aimed at either others or at themselves 
and can be provoked by even minor perceived infractions. Again, like not putting dishes in the dishwasher correctly or leaving the ketchup bottle out. Um, you know, not locking the doors of the car when you get out of the car, when you get home. Um, not having your key ready when you go in, go up to the door to get inside. It can, at that lowest level, everything can become a problem. Uh, the one can see everything as a problem, see problems everywhere, see uh, wrong behaviors everywhere. And it's important to remember, if you want, if you want to grow in your compassion for ones, when, when they are in that low state, in that judgmental, harsh state, and you see their angry face, and you hear their angry expression, you know, when, when the child uh, um, reaches up on the mantle and touches, uh, you know, the, uh, the china porcelain object that you're not supposed to touch at grandma's house, just because the child is curious, you know, children are going to be children. And so when the child reaches up and touches that, you know, that porcelain uh, bird or that little dog statue or whatever it is, a little Halloween statue, we're getting close to Halloween, um, and you see that one, just that scowl over their face and that harsh tone and they run over to where that kid is and they're like, don't you touch that, put that down, you're not allowed to touch. Okay, now that can be really intimidating, that can be really frightening. Um, you think, oh my goodness, you know, I mean, this person is so, um, upset they are so angry. just look at their face look at the scowl what's important to remember if you want to grow in compassion for ones is they're just showing you what they themselves are seeing okay they're they're hearing and seeing that on the inside okay they they are hearing that harsh condemning voice all the time they're in their mind's eye. They're, they're seeing, you know, uh, this angry face that is upset with them and upset with the world as it is. And you're just getting a little glimpse for a moment of what they live with in their head. In their head is that angry face and that scowling voice. And they're reflecting that. They're expressing externally what they live with internally 24-7 all the time. Now that, that ought to help you grow in some compassion for ones when you think about that. That a one has to live with that internal voice of judgment and criticism and, and that angry face inside them. And I think it, it's hard for a one to understand why you don't seem to have that. <laughs> you know, because if they were to reach over and touch that China statue, they would internally see an angry face and hear an angry condemning voice telling them not to do that. And they, they're bewildered, I think, that you're not hearing that voice in your own head. Why aren't you hearing that parent voice that angry principal, sheriff, parent voice in your own head. And if you are, why are you not obeying that voice? Why are you not responding to that voice? You're ignoring that voice. And what they may not realize is, is the rest of us on the Enneagram don't necessarily have that harsh, critical voice. I mean, we have a conscience, right? But we don't necessarily have that same level intensity a harsh critical voice you know that they have within them you can kind of go back to the angry dad test you know like 
all of us have to figure out, you know, how do we live with the angry dad? And the one's way of living with the angry dad is I'll just yell and holler and scream at myself and make angry faces internally at myself, and then dad won't have to. Dad won't have to yell at me because I'll yell at myself. I'll scold and condemn and criticize myself, and then dad, dad, dad won't have to do that. And that's their way of living with the angry dad scenario. By the way, every type, you know, has to figure out how to live with angry dad. And this is the one's way. I'll scream at myself. I'll berate myself. I'll be harsh and judgmental with myself. And then, and then others won't have to be. So in a sense, it's a self-protective, you know, and all of these personality types are self-protective uh, in nature, uh, in, in the way they operate. They're all self-protective. And so I'll scream and holler and yell at myself and then others won't have to. Um, and when you see that anger and that harshness, you want to respond to that. Like, will you knock it off? She's just a child. Don't take that tone with her. You've scared her. You've shamed her. You're bullying her, whatever. You're, you're going to want to intervene and maybe you should. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But just before or as you're intervening, or before you get hurt that I can't believe that they looked at me like that. I can't believe that they gestured at me in such an angry tone. I can't believe that they're you know, upset with me and yelling at me. And, and nobody has the right to yell and scream at somebody else. But, but as you're having that interaction, it could really help a couple things. One, just remember, this is what they live with internally all the time. And I'm just seeing a tiny little thimbleful of what they live with, bucketfuls, okay? That angry, ugly, mad, frustrated, corrective, you know, harsh personality that you're, you're witnessing in that moment, that's what they live with all the time. And that can help you really have some compassion. Like, gosh, that must be terrible. That's what you should think maybe is like, gosh, that must be terrible to have to live with that internal voice all the time. And then there comes the compassion. You can be a little more compassionate. And I think another good thing to th think of if you live with a one, you know, and they're upset or angry is just don't be shocked. Don't be shocked when an anger type, remember not only is the one in the anger group, right? And anger has a reference to the idea that the world is broken, which the Bible says it is. The world and everything in it, we don't live in the Garden of Eden, it's broken world. So everything, in, everything we encounter and experience to some degree or another is not correct. It's all broken. Relationships are broken. Our health is broken. Um, you know, you buy something new and what happens? Eventually, given enough time, it moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Everything is eventually going to break down, right? What is that? The second law of thermodynamics? Everything is eventually going to wear down and break down. Well, when things don't work the way we want them to, and things don't work out the way we want them to, that's what initiates and prompts anger. It's a response to the brokenness of the world around us. And I think when you see an anger type, eights, nines, and ones, eights, you know, sort of operate as though people are incompetent and foolish and stupid and you've got to work around them and 
and nines, people can be incompetent and stupid, yes, but you just gotta figure out how to get along with them. And ones, people are incompetent and stupid and lazy, and they need to be scheduled and managed, and they need to be watched, and, and they need to they have laws, you know, to, to, to keep them in line, keep them in check. Not only are ones in the anger group, but ones sin or their, their passion is anger itself. Anger. So keep that in mind that when you live with a one and you and from time to time when they lose their cool and they show you, remember they're just expressing what they always hear. When they show you their anger, it might be helpful for you to not overreact and just re, just keep in mind, oh, I'm seeing an anger type getting angry. That's what I could expect to see. When you see an anger type getting angry, there's no reason for you to, oh, we've got to you know, do something about this now. Uh, this is the end of our relationship. Um, not necessarily, you're just seeing an anger type in their anger. It's what you might expect to see. If somebody were to tell you, look, my main sin in life is anger. So if you can tolerate a little bit of that, I'm gonna do the best I can to keep it under control, but from time to time it's going to slip out. When it does slip out, maybe you can just respond. I mean, it's all about the way you respond. Uh, assuming that they're not being abusive and all that, of course. You know, you defend yourself and defend your loved ones if there's abuse, but if they're just demonstrating anger from time to time, just recognize that that's what anger types do. They just demonstrate anger. And when they get angry, it doesn't mean that you need to necessarily follow them in their anger. You can just shrug it off and be like, you think to yourself, it must be terrible living with that critical voice and that critical eye all the time. Um, and I don't want to minimize how difficult it might be living with each other on the Enneagram because every type can be difficult when they are of low health and every type can be fantastic when they are of great health. And man, when ones are of great health, I mean, they are the people that you want in charge, the people that you want managing and teaching and, and um, doctoring and all these important things because they're so responsible. And they get frustrated when they see us, other types, not being as responsible as, as they think we should be. So, Hopefully this helps us grow in compassion for uh, type 1s. You know, think of it like this. If, if you have a hearing problem, which I have a brother that's deaf, okay, and he, and he tries to talk and he does a really good job, but if you were to listen to him talk, you would notice that his, the way he pronounces words is different. Why is it different? Why does he not pronounce his words the same as you and I do? Because he's pronouncing the words exactly the way he hears them. He can't help but pronounce the words the same way he hears them pronounced. His hearing is, is not um, uh, perfect, so his, his expression of language is not perfect. His expression of language is, um, is altered to the exact degree that his hearing is altered. He can't help but, but repeat what he's hearing okay so when you see that angry one losing it and losing their cool and getting angry just keep that in mind 
they are merely expressing what they're hearing. Okay? They're, they're speaking in the angry accent, and that's what they hear in their head, an angry accent. They're hearing an angry accent, a harsh judgmental tone within them, and every once in a while, now they try to keep this under control. They don't want to express this. Most ones don't want to be harsh and judgmental and critical because that's not good, and they want to be good. They do want to be good people, and 98% of the time, they, I'm sure, are good people. But every once in a while, that that harsh tone comes out, just like my brother doesn't say his R's correctly or his L's correctly because he's telling you exactly what he hears. And so when you see a one losing it and getting angry and getting upset, just keep in mind, they're just expressing what they're hearing on the inside. And that can be very helpful for you and I to think, wow, that's got to be awful to live with such a harsh critical judge in your head all the time. And it helps be more compassionate. All right, so the mid-level of the, uh, of the well, by the way, something else to consider is um, how helpful the two-wing and the nine-wing are to the one. We could do a whole video, if we haven't already, on, on that concept. You know, if you're a harsh, critical, judgmental, perfectionistic, reforming one, you can see why they need a two-wing. A two-wing is going to say, be nice, just be kind, be compassionate with yourself. Be compassionate with yourself and be compassionate with others. Um, and then you've got the nine that's kind of saying, relax. You know, this isn't a fight you need to get into right now. Maybe the best thing you could say is nothing. Maybe you don't need to do anything. Maybe they'll learn the lessons on their own without your sermon, without your harsh, negative, judgmental overtones. Just don't say anything. Just, just resolve the problem by deciding that there isn't a problem that needs your, 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 your resolution. Just let it go. Just let it go. Be compassionate and let it go. And you can see why those wings are so important. And then think about where, where, where one goes in health. We'll get there, right? To the seven, which is relaxed and fun-loving and playful and bright side and sunshiny. Okay, let's look at uh, the mid-level. The mid-level she calls the teacher. And it moves from a fear of being bad, malevolent, to a concern of making mistakes and being imperfect. Well, surprise, 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 right? We're all imperfect and we all make mistakes. So, okay. Ones with a moderate self-mastery can be discerning and judgmental, opinionated and reactive, highly organized and methodical, witty and wry, and, but easily irritated and sometimes even resentful. Uh, if you criticize a one, it's going to be hard for them to hear criticisms. In fact, even the suggestion of criticism can be difficult because... Think about it like this. There's this angry Rottweiler inside them, right? That's just going to tear them apart whenever they make a mistake. And if you point at something they did or said and suggest that maybe that was inappropriate or maybe they could have done a little better or you're not happy with their performance or you're disappointed with them, it's like a whistle blowing to the Rottweiler within them to attack. 
And so if they respond very defensively against criticism, um, no wonder it's not you that they're defending against. It's the Rottweiler in their head that is shredding them and tearing them up. Um, you just blew a whistle and said, hey, um, you know, I really need you to be here at 9 o'clock and not 9.30. I'm sorry that there was a misunderstanding. And it's like you just blew a whistle. Hey, Rottweiler in their head, attack them. They've been bad. They've neglected their responsibility, their duty. Get them. Sick them. And so they've got this Rottweiler tearing them up on the inside. Anybody would defend themselves under those circumstances. And so if they seem overly defensive and get irritated with you, again, just remember you're seeing an anger type get angry. Doesn't mean you can't point out um, you know, something in them that might be off or that needs to be uh, checked or needs to be challenged. You have every right to express your feelings and opinions. Just keep in mind that a little goes a long way. Okay, some of the other headstrong types, you know, uh, you might have to push a little harder. You might have to, you know, squeeze a little more to get your point across. With ones, it doesn't take much. Um, a little, you, you, you overstate your case, and you might get a uh, an angry reaction. So, it, just a little suggestion of of what you'd like to see changed or what what you'd like to see different might be all it takes with a one because they don't want to. Um, they don't want to be um, seen as um, a bad person or an irresponsible person. And so it may not take much to, to get your point across. Uh, you could easily criticize too harshly um, for them because of their, their high inner critic within them. So let's see what else. Um, the um, anything that points out a mistake that violates a one's values their high standards or their sense of themselves as being beyond reproach they might react to with strong negativity um, you might want to emphasize the positive in in the ones because they may not be able to see the positive in themselves very well they tend to see their mistakes right so one goes to seven. Sevens are positive. Sevens look at the bright side. Sevens think it's all going to work out great. You know, it's going to be fine. So moving ones to seven, helping them move to seven is about maybe speaking more positive and helping them see the positive within them. Coming alongside of them and saying, Jack, I really appreciate you, man. You, you showed up. You got it done. You, you nailed it, man. You knocked it out of the park. Being positive with them may get you a lot farther than criticizing criticizing them, uh, praising them for what they're doing appropriate and right and correct and, and when they nail it might go a lot further than pointing out what they're doing that, that needs to change. So being positive, helping them to see the positive in themselves and the positive in others. Um, ones are idealists. You know, the one wing nine is called the idealist and the one wing two is the advocate or the teacher. Um, ones and, and the mid-level is called the teacher. Um, it's kind of like, you know, ones have, have, have figured out the best way of doing things and, and they see um, what we're doing that could be improved and so they, they may want to share 
their their experience and their wisdom with us and the best way of doing things and oughts and shoulds and 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 you know what they've learned from experience so they might take that mentor teacher role um, even when it's not appropriate you know even when we're peers or even when you're my subordinate and yet they have maybe that teacher which could sometimes look like a know-it-all um, that uh, teacher one of the ones the social one is called the owner of the truth owner of the truth um, owner of the truth one absolute only truth the right way of doing things the right way of being and thinking and that's a pretty big shoes to stand in you know owner of the truth the moral high ground um, that's a big role to take on and if you really believed that you're the owner of the truth then why wouldn't you be a teacher why wouldn't you be correcting everyone and grading their papers and living around a one or with a one you could kind of always feel like you're getting your paper graded you know and of course that's what they feel that's what they feel they feel like they're always being graded harshly and critically so that they don't have necessarily a problem harshly grading and criticizing others because that's what they that's the voice in their head okay let's talk about the highest level of self-mastery what um, what she calls the serene acceptor the core understanding is everything including imperfection is just as it should be that the world is imperfect and that's the way it is and that's what I should expect to see and uh, you know I'm foolish for thinking that things are going to be perfect now it's not this nihilistic view that like well everything's broken so I don't care what's the point of any of it it's just accepting that you know maybe my family is imperfect but maybe they're perfect for me maybe they're perfect that way um, you know my health isn't perfect but maybe that is okay maybe 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 others are experiencing the same thing and that's that's the perfect journey is to have a few broken bends and turns along the way and unexpected unforeseen problems and that's just what a full life is and so a good family has crisis in it a good marriage has challenges and instead of being angry at those challenges there's an acceptance what is it called the serene acceptor there's an acceptance and really when one learns to lean on nine more you know nines are acceptors of life nines don't fight with life the rest of us fight and struggle and growl and push and shove and try to get to the front of the line in life and nines don't nines observe life and they just let it happen and when a one can lean on their two and their nine a little better and not struggle and fight with life so much and learn to accept and observe more in life rather than try to fix and repair and criticize and challenge and correct life uh, they're moving toward health and that's not going to feel like health that's going to feel like well i'm just I'm, I'm putting my head in the sand i'm just giving up i'm not I'm, i i need to get in there and change everything i need to get in there and repair and fix and organize some things in life you don't have the power to fix and organize some things in life are beyond your ability to change and really you know serenity remember that serenity prayer is is realizing the things that i can change i will the things that i can and should and need to be changed i will but lord help me to to realize when those some things 
I can't change. Help me to just surrender and accept those things. And knowing the difference between what I can affect and what I can't affect is really helpful to, to recognize that some problems are not my problem to solve. Some problems are beyond my ability to cause effect to, and there's where I might need to just learn accept, acceptance to accept things and accept people as they are, that maybe that's the real test instead of correcting, rebuking, and challenging them is learning to love and accept them as they are. You want to be good, right, ones? You want to be good. Well, maybe it's good to learn to love and accept people as they are. Okay. But how will they grow if I don't? Well, what about you? You got to grow too right so let them grow on their journey and you grow on yours all right so um when they can when when ones can learn to understand befriend and diminish the influence of their inner critic in other words when the rottweiler starts to age and mature and doesn't growl at every passing walk you know walker passerby uh, the the rottweiler starts to realize that not every person is a is a threat not every problem is a problem that needs my attention and they they tend to relax a little more in their old age and slow down and sleep a little more while, while still focused and discerning they also exhibit dignity patience and a peaceful acceptance a peaceful acceptance of the idea that they and everyone else are perfect with their imperfections now see ones this is something that i think the rest of us you know, have kind of accepted is that good enough is sometimes good enough. I mean, we do our best. We try to correct our mistakes, but everybody makes mistakes and we even learn from them. And it's not the end of the world when when you get something wrong or when you don't know every answer to every test or when things don't go as planned or as scheduled. That is not the end of the world, that all things work together for good and that sometimes good comes out of bad and that uh, often are the the lessons that we learn the best are the ones that we didn't see or prepare for or plan for or things that didn't didn't you know happen the way we we wanted them to happen or intended them to happen so learning to accept life as it is um, they observe their negative responses before they express them and they make the choice as to whether or not they express these impulses or whether they act on these impulses they're lighthearted ones please please ask yourself how am i doing on the lighthearted test am i gotten if i gotten too heavy have i gotten too weighty too bogged down with life that i can't be lighthearted they know how to have fun and let their humor emerge spontaneously in other words they move to seven okay so um mistakes you know sometimes the best things come from mistakes people don't always do what they ought to do um, people don't always do what should be done and sometimes they even make big life mistakes and to love people and be with people even while they make those mistakes can be difficult it can be 
challenging. When you know what they ought to do and they're not doing it, you might feel compelled to correct them, guide them, teach them, judge them. Um, but it may not necessarily be your place to do that. It may not necessarily be the right timing to do that. Um, the real difficult thing when people let you down is to not give up on them, to be patient with them, and to continue to love them. That's what's really difficult to do. And if you wanted to do the right thing, and if you wanted to be a good person, then look at your two wing, which is telling you, be nice, be kind, be compassionate. Don't, don't preach a sermon when you need to offer help. Just help them, be compassionate with them. Well, how will they learn? How will they learn if they don't get the consequences they have coming to them? Do you always get the consequences that you deserve? Have you ever been forgiven? Have you ever been let off the hook? Has somebody ever been compassionate with you? Sure. And so, yeah, sometimes people do need the consequences and chances are they'll get them with or without your help. Chances are life will give them the consequences. You don't necessarily need to help life pile the consequences on them. Um, what people often need is a compassionate, kind voice. And you could be that person for them if you could lean on your two wing. And if you can lean on your nine wing of maybe this isn't mine to solve. Maybe the best thing I could say is nothing. Maybe I could just be quiet and just let the events turn out as they do. And maybe any involvement I have in this problem might just aggravate it and make it worse. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it, it helps you be more compassionate with yourself, be more understanding of yourself, be more compassionate with the ones in your life and realize that, um, when, again, when you see that anger, don't be shocked and surprised. Um, help them by, by being a force of positive uh, love and acceptance around them and help them learn to love and accept themselves and, and others um, more graciously. So what do we have again? The judge at the lowest level, um, a, a part of a small group of people who do it the right way, excluded from the masses, okay? The judge, the harsh critic, hearing that angry voice and expressing it. The middle level is the uh, the teacher, well, I know the best way to do this and you would be wise to listen to me and I figured out the, the, the long and hard way and we're not doing it like that, we do it like this. The teacher, let me mentor you, let me guide you young punks in the right way in which you should live. Sort of that pharisaical tone about them. Um, and then the highest level is the serene acceptor, looking around at life saying, that's out of place, but you know what? I still love I still love them and you know that's not exactly the way it ought to be but you know what I still love them and uh, they're not going to church anymore but you know what they're still family and I love them and they're welcome in my house and just accepting life and not struggling and fighting with yourself and with life as much Woo, good stuff man this is good stuff all right be present to life guys and for once be present to life as it is not when it's right, then I'll be present to it. When everything's organized, I'll be present to it. When people do what they should, I'll be present to it. Go ahead and be present to it now. Um, all right. Blessings, guys. See you next time.